All right. Well, good morning. I'm, uh, I'm Adam, and I'm the director of student ministries here at Northwest. And um, I feel when I'm in the back watching and engaging in worship, I'm like a proud papa. I'm like a proud daddy, because um, those are my children. Um, yeah, no, it's cool, man. I love these Sundays because, um, as we tell the students, you know, backstage is uh, we're showcasing the, the gifts and abilities and talents that God has given them, and for them to use that, the most important thing is to use those gifts and abilities to lead the rest of the congregation to the foot of the cross in worship. It's a pretty incredible thing. Um, so that's really, really great. I love it when they're up here, and... I'm a little biased, obviously, but I think they're pretty good. I mean, they sound really good, and um, Alex Braswell killing it on the drums back there. I mean, I'm watching them going, holy smokes, man. I wish I was that good in high school. Um, but, yeah, it's great, man. I love, I love these Sundays because you guys get to experience a little bit of what we get um, week in and week out in student, student ministry. So this morning, really, the purpose that we have is to, um, to bring you kind of into our world and really – show you how God is moving and working in the lives of students and how God is using the leadership and experiences that we provide um, to really take them to a place that they may not have really uh, thought they could be. And so we have a few interviews this morning that, um, that hopefully will just give you some insight into how God moves, how God changes lives, and um, how I think in a challenging way for a lot of us, um, the obedience of these students, uh, the immediate obedience of these students when they hear God calling uh, is very, very challenging, and hopefully it'll be challenging, encouraging, and we can celebrate um, together as we, as we see what God is doing. So um, I want to start off with some statistics, because I think uh, this is important for you to understand a little bit deeper why we do what we do. And um, there's a couple different research studies that I'm going to kind of use, but the first one, they interviewed um, parents from 67 countries. And the big question that they asked is, um, what do you value most uh, or what do you want most for your children? And the number one answer by far was that they want their kids to be happy. That's what they want. I just want my kids to be happy in life. Um, and so then you, um, you begin to wonder, well, what do they place their value on? What are they teaching their kids in order to achieve that happiness? And so um, I think that, that correlates very well. You have what you value and what makes you happy. And so for me, let me just, let's do a little quiz here and see how well you guys know me. What are, what are two things that I don't value at all and make me really not happy and disgusted? Say it. It's pickles and mustard. Yes. Okay. You know, because I say it all the time. And they try to slide pickles in my direction and, you know, no way, man. I hate pickles. There's no value placed on either of those in my life, and they don't make me happy. In fact, they make me the opposite. They make me very angry, even just seeing them. Um, so that's not, you know, it doesn't bring happiness to my life. But something that I value greatly is family. And so I place a, a huge value on my wife, my kids, my parents, my brother, my sisters. Um, and that, those relationships, spending time with them, brings me happiness. And so what we value a lot of times correlates with, with our happiness. Um, they also inter, uh, questioned teenagers uh, between the ages of 13 and 18 on what they thought would make them happy in life. So 40% of teens say that you need a house, cars, and a good job. 40%. Uh, 30% say having a career of their dreams. But let's be honest, do they really know yet? Some of them, I guess. 20% um, said being rich and famous. 
Sorry, 20%, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, 10% said owning their own business, and then low percentages were like the other category. You know, like, I don't really know what to say, so not sure. Um, which was me because I was like too lazy to think in high school. I'm like, uh, easiest one is I don't know. Okay, so low. But the important thing to note is that nowhere in those percentages do we see any value or happiness placed in relationships uh, most importantly in relationships as it relates to our faith, relationship with Jesus. And so the value that parents generally in our world are placing on things, material things, um, things that in careers and money and things of that nature are way more important than the value of relationships. And so that's very, very sad. So what we want to do in student ministries is break those, um, those kinds of statistics and break those trends and help students understand where their joy should be found, and that's in Christ, and where they should place their value, and that's in Christ and their relationship with him. And so that's what we, that's what we push, that's what we teach, that's the experiences that we give them are with the hope of them uh, really understanding that better and deeper so that when they graduate our ministry, they're not going to become um, the next statistic, which is they say 70% of students that are in church when they go to college will leave the church and turn their back on it. Um, for a time, uh, a lot of them may come back at some point in their life, but the important thing is that in the really kind of um, for formidable, independent, crucial years of their life in college when they're on their own, really starting to make things their own, faith their own, they don't have a lot of influence um, like they do when they're living at home, in a church, whatever. And so you see them kind of start to, to leave the church and place value on other things. And so we don't want that. We want them to be so convinced of who Jesus is in their lives that when they graduate, they continue on. I just got a Snapchat. Gosh, darn it. It's not time to cry yet, Adam. I wrote it in my notes. Cry. I'm just kidding. Um, so I got a Snapchat just when I was over here from one of our graduates who just moved into college this week, and it was her in church. And if I could tell you the story of this girl, you'd know why I was in tears, because it's been a journey. And for her to be in college with no uh, you know, parental, no youth leader, no youth pastor uh, influence in her life, but yet she got up and she's in a church the first Sunday she's in college. So that's success, right? Like they're, they're still pursuing that when they leave the ministry and leave high school. Um, so here's what I want to do. I want to bring some students up, and I want them to, to express to you how what we do in student ministries is really affecting them. Not to showcase student ministries were so great and it's so awesome, but to showcase God who is so awesome and who is using adult leaders in their lives and experiences to move them in a direction of change, of uh, depth, of relationship, of a deeper love for Christ. And so we do a lot of things in student ministry. Some of the bigger ones that we do, we have a winter retreat in January. We go to summer camp in Michigan. We did a local mission trip this year. We also did an international trip to Beirut, Lebanon with a few um, students. And so uh, we're going to have someone from, from um, a few of those trips share and then uh, kind of let you know how God used those trips in their lives in a pretty cool way. So um, let's go ahead and have Will and Jaden come out, whichever wing you guys are in. Um, so I won't say much more about their names because it's always awkward when you're like, hey guys, Welcome, so-and-so. All right, what's your name? And they're like, you just said it. Um, so here's the mic. So go ahead, boys, and introduce yourselves, what school you go to, what grade you're heading into. Um, I am Jaden Cross, and I'm going to sophomore year at Panther Creek High School. And I'm Will Rutledge, and I'm a sophomore at Grace Christian School. So these boys were a part of a, a team of students 
earlier in the summer that had uh, some local ministry here. Uh, we partnered with White Oak, which we have a partnership with already, and uh, did some projects for them to help them out in their ministry. So, um, Will, tell us about Love Week. Talk about that partnership and kind of what the week looked like. Yeah, just like you mentioned, it was just a good opportunity for our student ministry to go out into the community in partnership with um, White Oak Church and just do a lot of household tasks for um, some senior citizens that um, couldn't be able to do the or wouldn't be able to do the projects by themselves. So we got to um, help them out with a lot of stuff. Yeah. So bring it down a level, Jaden, and talk about some specifics. Like, what were some of the projects that you were a part of? Well, one project come to mind that it took like two full days. We uh, tore the wallpaper down of someone's house, and um, it was a ton of work. And uh, I think we got a, a lot out of it. And it, I mean, we put a lot of work into it, and you could really tell that the woman there appreciated it. Yeah, cool. Um, so a lot of things happen, a lot of projects happening at once. But, Will, what was like, what was a highlight for you um, for the week, and then what did you take from it? What do you think God was teaching you through that? Yeah. So um, my favorite part of Love Week was probably when we went to paint um, this elderly lady's gazebo outside of her house. Um, the actual painting was a lot of fun. Not a lot of us had ever painted anything before, but it actually turned out looking pretty good after we finished with it, so that was, that was good. Um, but my favorite part of that experience was when the lady came out of her house after we were done um, painting it, and she just looked at the gazebo and then looked at us and just had this huge smile on her face. And that just made it all worth it because you think about painting a gazebo, it's just, you know, not a lot of work for us. But to her, it was a lot bigger of a deal. And when she looks outside and sees that gazebo now, she's just reminded of the love that um, was shown to her, which was, it just makes it all worth it. Yeah. And so what do you think God taught you through that? Um, just small things like that can make a much bigger impact, and it's definitely something that I've carried over into my actual life, just like um, anytime I have an opportunity to serve someone, I just feel like God's calling me to put everything I have into it, and it just makes a bigger impact than cool. you would think. Awesome, man. Thank you. You too, Jaden. So a highlight from the week, and then what did you take from it? What did God teach you through it? Well, also like Will, we, uh, it was a smaller project. We went and basically cleaned off this lady's table and spray-painted it, and it was a small task, and it didn't take that very long, but she was so appreciative of it and, like, offered to, like, offered to give us stuff and, like, wanted to help out. And we were like, no, it's fine. Like, we, the smallest possible thing we could do really meant so much to her. And that really means, like, in our daily lives, we can go out of our way, like, 10 minutes. Doesn't even take that long. You don't have to go across the world to go and help people. It's just outside your house, your neighbors, anyone around you. You can go and help them a little bit, and it can really make their day and change their their perspective on life, basically. Yeah, cool. Um, so one of the great things about this trip, being local, uh, obviously, well, I say obviously all the time. i got to stop that. It's not obvious, maybe. We need to start with local ministry, right? we got to start with a mindset that our mission field is here in our backyard before we start thinking globally and, and long distances. So what we want to do is really... Um, ingrain in their minds and hearts the need here in our backyard. And so one of the great things about that project, the wallpaper project, is the lady said, hey, that's, you know, just wallpaper. Take it off. Well, then, if you've ever taken wallpaper off, it doesn't just come off smoothly. And when you have a bunch of people that have never done that, 
there is a couple chunks in the wall, okay? And so she's like, oh, that's fine. And we're like, but it looks so bad. And so one of our families was like, you know, we want to go back. We want to go back. We want to patch it up. We want to paint it for her. And so it's a continued relationship. It's not just we're leaving it, but how can we continue to serve these people and be involved in their lives? And so um, it's really, really great to have um, students that buy into that locally and are changed and affected by that. So thank you guys for sharing. All right, um, our next experience of the summer was Lake Ann Camp. Lake Ann is a very, very cool place where um, through the speaker and through worship and through discipleship from counselors, students really are challenged in their lives and really challenged in um, where they are in their walk with Christ. And um, I think it really has a great, tremendous impact on them when they're able to get away when they're able to really focus without any distractions. And so one of the um, students um, who was there, Allison, if you want to come out, um, she's going to share a little bit about her journey at Northwest and how Lake Ann was really um, kind of a, a huge point for her of um, kind of what's next. And so this is Allison, and she's going to introduce herself. I just did it. I'm so dumb. All right, forget what I just said. What is your name? Tell us about your schooling and all that. My name is Allison, and... I graduated from Apex High School in June, and currently I am um, taking some classes at Central Carolina Community College in Pittsburgh. Cool. So tell us about life kind of the past few years before entering into student ministries and what that was like. Before student ministries, honestly, I was really depressed and lonely and um, just not in a good place mentally, spiritually, and... I was really lonely, and I think I was, like, really needing some sort of connections with people. Yeah. So you came to Northwest beginning of your senior year, yes. right, which was last year. And um, tell us about that. Tell us about how being in student ministries for the year really helped to bring you out of that, um, that place that you were in. Um, student ministry at Northwest has changed my life so much. I've just opened up to people um, I'm able to, like, break down these walls that I had up, and honestly, I think this past year, I've been, like, the most open about my faith, and that's only to thank student ministries for. Yeah, and as a result of God putting people in your life um, that have been able to influence you, yeah, absolutely. So, you were able to go to Lake Ann. This was kind of your last big event before college starts. So, looking at pictures, yeah, there you go. You didn't even know those were scrolling, did you? We got the one with, yeah, there you go. (laughs) By the way, she laid on the ground and they squirted chocolate pudding out of a rubber glove into her face and cup. So that's what that's from. Um, so you went to Lake Ann. Tell us a, a highlight from camp and then what God did in your heart when you were there. There were so many highlights, but one that um, really had stuck with me was the Glory Bowl. It was Friday night and there's this big campfire and a bunch of the campers can go and they can share what they've learned that week and how they're going to go out and pursue what they've learned and that was just really powerful to hear what um, people were learning and how they're going to go and live out what they've learned. Yeah, and so you learned something. Mm-hmm. God worked on your heart. What was that? Tell them about that. I learned that um, I needed to be more, uh, I think, um, intentional with my faith, and that's how God calls us to be. He calls us to go and be disciples of Christ and to go and share what he's done in our lives, and um, I am 
like trying to do that now. Yeah, cool. So a little over a week ago, Allison texted me. She's like, hey, we got to talk. I'm like, all right. That's always a, you know, you go, what is this about? Um, it was great, but we met this week, and she shared some things that God was really moving her to do. And so tell them about that. What is, what's God kind of telling you to go and do for him, and what do you plan on doing this next year? I think right now God is telling me to go into mission work and go and share the gospel and share the good news, um, tell others my story, and show that God can change lives and that he sent his son and that just the gospel, it's such a powerful, beautiful story that I want to share. Yeah, so specifically, I mean, possibly starting in January, um, tell them what your plan is, what you're pursuing. Uh, I would really love to go somewhere, wherever God wants to put me, um, and I'd love to just go for six months or so and just share the gospel, serve, and really um, live out my faith and just share what God can do in people's lives. Yeah, cool. So it's overwhelming, but at the same time exciting because she's going, okay, so um, I know he's calling me. There's a lot out there. I just want to listen. I just want to be obedient. So as a result of her, her entry into student ministry and having people around her that loved her, walls came down, God worked in her life, went to camp, and then as a result of all of those things, now she's going, okay, I want to use my story and what God allowed me to walk through, which is not what anyone would want to walk through. Um, he's going to use this story to influence and help other people, and I want to go do that. So God's calling her. She's listening. She's not saying, I'll do it sometime down the road once I'm done with college and have a job and secure. It's, I want to go right now. God's telling me to go, so let's do it, you know? So that's pretty awesome, I think. So I think we should give her a round of applause for listening and being obedient. Yeah, so thank you for sharing. All right, one more student. Um, if you want to come out, I won't say your name. I'll be careful this time. Come out, student C or D. Um, so this here is, just kidding, okay. Um, have a seat. So one more opportunity that we had this summer for students um, and it was kind of cool because it was a mixture of, uh, of people. We had uh, two um, college, well, one recent graduate, a college student, uh, her mother, and then also one of our student ministry leaders. So it was a student ministry trip with a kind of a different dynamic of team. Uh, but she was able to be a part of that um, in Beirut, Lebanon. So I'm going to let her share kind of how God used that trip and some other circumstances in her life to lead her to being obedient and listening to the call of God as well. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Here's your mic. And... Um, yeah, tell us about yourself. Okay, my name is Hannah Lawrence. Um, I graduated from Green Hope High School this past June, um, and now I am attending NC State. Yeah, cool. So in high school, God started working in your life already. You didn't really know how all the pieces would fit together, but tell us about high school and that um, organization that you started and what that was all about. Um, so my junior year, I started and had a club at my school called Generosity, and we did different service projects, um, but our main, my main goal for starting it was kind of to, like, model um, the, like, serving and instill a passion for serving in other students at my school. Yeah, sweet. So um, we'll tie all this together in a second, but you had the opportunity a few weeks ago to go to Beirut, right? Um, tell us about the trip. Tell us about what that was all about, what we did when we were there. 
So it was amazing, obviously. Oh my gosh. Um, I can't even describe it. <laughs> uh, but we basically um, ran like a VBS type camp for the girls. And there were 14 girls there, ages 5 to 15. And it was great just getting to know them, learning about their stories. And a special thing was, well, we would have Bible lessons and testimonies every morning. And it was really cool to show them the love that Christ has for them and to model what a relationship with God is like because they come from families that don't give them a lot of love and support and have Muslim backgrounds. So it was great to just show them that. Yeah, cool. So give us, um, give us a highlight for you. There's so many, but tell us yeah. <laughs> um, a highlight and um, you know, one or two if you want to. Um, so I really liked, we had a dance day. We had like themed afternoons. And since I'm a dancer, it was really cool to like have a dance class for them. We did their hair. We had tutus that they made. And like what girl doesn't like dancing? So they were all about that. Um, and then also another highlight is like every day when we would go to Safe Haven, the girls would be so excited for us to be there. They would sing us songs. They would like come and like hug you and like kiss you on the cheek. Um, so it was just great to know that they felt loved and that they were excited that we were there, that we were making a difference. Yeah. So a um, little background on Safe Haven as we talk about this trip is Safe Haven's a home. We have a global partner there who happens to be my sister, um, but they, her primary uh, ministry there is to, to work with 14 girls who come from abusive backgrounds who live in this home year round. And um, so the the opportunity for us to go and love them, what Hannah's talking about, when they come, she talks about they don't feel a lot of love. It's like beyond that, and it's abuse. So we did that, we loved them. And the crazy thing is, is that when we left for the month of August, they go back home, and they go into those environments um, where abuse could happen again. And so we were kind of that last point of love for them before they went home um, for the rest of the summer. So um, really, really great trip. So you've got your organization in high school, You've got Beirut, mm -hmm. you got some things happening in college. So mm -hmm. tie it all together for us. What okay. has God done and now you're seeing it all makes sense? Yeah, so it's really cool to have the different things happen in my life and they're all individual events, but then looking back, you're like, wait a second, this kind of, they all go together. So um, through generosity in my high school, one of the projects that we did was um, that helped you guys raise um, toothbrushes for refugees in Syria. And that was kind of like the starting point of my passion for those in the Middle East. And then obviously going to Beirut, Lebanon, um, and serving at Safe Haven was awesome. And so now I'm taking um, Arabic classes in college and also a modern Middle East class. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So, so in high school, it was, a toothbrush, a drive, yeah. right? Refugees, and then God kind of placing this in your heart, and then mm -hmm. these opportunities that are all kind of working together, God's using them in your life to really show you something big, right, yeah. that he may have for you. So tell them um, about what you're pursuing, like what you would love to do and what opportunity is in front of you. So I'm pursuing um, an internship with Safe Haven, which would be like a year-long experience of me living there, 
and basically being like a house mom, you could say, for them. So I'd be helping them with their schoolwork, helping them get ready for the day, being there to love and support them and to teach them the gospel. Um, so I'm going through that process, but it's really cool to, like what I was saying before, all the different little steps, because I'd already planned on taking a modern Middle East class after coming back from Beirut, but then it was just really on my heart to do more, and so I was looking at classes, and there was an Arabic class, and it had one spot left, and so I was like, this is God, so <laughs> I signed up, and now I'm taking Arabic. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. So as a result of experiences and things that God's been doing in her life over the years, now she's hearing God say, okay, take all of that, take this passion that I've kind of burnt into your heart, and use that for me and do something big and do something that, you know, that you may have never dreamed or imagined could be possible. So if all goes according to our prayers and what we'd love to happen in June of next year, she'll move there for a full year and live there um, in Beirut, Lebanon. So that's pretty cool um, to see that. So yeah, give it up for Hannah. Again. All right, so um, those are just a few stories. Those are some of the things that God is doing and using um, our leadership team and using the experiences that we provide for them um, for God to, to really work in their lives, to, um, to work in their, in their hearts, to move them in a direction of really obedience. And um, again, not one of future obedience, but one of obedience now. When God calls now, I listen now, right? We sing that song where you go, I'll go. Well, do we mean it or do we sing it? Um, a lot of these students mean it, and I love that. I love that we see that happening in their lives. And so um, it's really, really great. Hopefully you're encouraged by their stories. Hopefully you can kind of sense why we get excited and emotional about what God's doing because uh, he's moving and he's using our students for big things and he's changing their lives and changing their perspectives uh, on things that matter. So it's really, really great. I have a tremendous privilege and I feel honored to be doing what I'm doing. So. Um, I have a few more minutes than first service, so I wanted to share a little bit too. It's, we, we don't often get a chance, well, we don't get a chance to do a lot of debriefing um, with the overall body about Beirut. And as a, as a leader of the team, or of mission trips in general, but from Beirut's standpoint, as a leader of the team, I wanted to just kind of share with you what, what God taught me through that. And um, just kind of give you a brief, like, here's what happened, and then I have a, a challenge to offer up to you. But so we went, there were four um, women on our team that were kind of the the main uh, ministry, I guess, givers, because it was a bunch of girls who come from interesting backgrounds, and so you can imagine why um, having women would be more important. Um, but Brian Hoig and I went as team leaders, and um, it, for me, it's, it's a trip that meant a lot, I think, because of the relationship with my sister that's there and the anticipation of wanting to go. But I'll say this, that um, seeing... Seeing God uh, break down walls and break down barriers in the lives of kids, There's, you'll see pictures kind of filtering up through here of some of the girls. Um, I want to tell you about one in particular. If you can go, there's some black and white pictures. If you can go to those, I want to tell you the story about one girl. Um, so one of the days we had a, a spa day. So on Tuesday, they, they got pampered, and they did hair, they did nails, they did, um, you know, makeup, whatever. And after that, we took pictures and uh, tried to just capture. There she is. Okay, remember that face. Stop on that picture. We tried to capture their beauty, and uh, I think we did. And this girl here, her name is Isra, and Isra is from Aleppo, Syria. And uh, Isra, before we got there, didn't really speak English, or so they thought. And um, she uh, was very cold, 
very pouty. <laughs> She'd get out in a game and like stomp over and sit down and just wasn't a very happy child. And then as the week went on, we saw just kind of walls coming down. And on Thursday, on Thursday, we went to the beach and Isra talked my ear off in English all day and uh, was, was strapped to me in the water. And um, Nicolette, my sister, was like, man, that's incredible. Like she hasn't spoke English. She's been here for a year. She, has, she doesn't do that. And now she's just like, conversing with you in English, and she's like, I'm blown away. That's unbelievable. And to top that off, what Nicolette said just kind of blew my mind that she's probably never had a man in her life to love her purely and innocently and like Christ wants us to love. And for me, that was kind of a, I guess, uh, it, it, was, it was like, you know, God, I'm, I'm pleading and praying with God, what do I learn from this trip? And I think it wasn't like, what do I take away? It was how much of myself can I leave here? Like how much of myself can I just expend and exhaust for these girls for the sake of them? And how much of my love can I pour out uh, and try to break through and try to show them what it really means to have Christ-like love? And so um, 